This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller and his guy Friday, Christian Blatt. What's up, Hiroshi? Let's light this candle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Three, two, one. Sorry, I just wanted you to hear how we actually start the show off there. Because I want to include you in everything. <laughs> It's very exciting. I know the folks love to see that stuff. See, yeah. that's what I do right before we go on. And I thought, they're never hip to this. They're never hip to the troika of descending. Uh, are those prime numbers? They're prime numbers. Numbers that can only be divided by one or themselves, right? Yes. So three, two, and one are prime. No, no, one can be divided by 47. All right. Um, welcome to the Dennis Miller option. And a little later in the hour... One of my favorite guests, Nick DiPaolo, from NickDip.com will be with us. And Nick's moved to Atlanta. Yeah, somewhere in Georgia. I, I think Atlanta, but I don't know. Maybe he's, at, maybe he's well, out on well, the countryside. What, what is that about? Is it, Nick is the quintessential New Yorker. You just, well, I'll have to ask him, but do you, do you have any skinny on that? Yeah, uh, he's, he's actually- Are you allowed a, to say skinny now? I don't no. mean to <laughs> fat people. Get off the ledge if you could fit out there well, in the first you, place, but I just said skinny. You know you're also not allowed to shame skinny people either, so you can't tell fat people that they're too fat, and you can't tell skinny people that they're too skinny. So that's uh -huh. why I'm perfect. Well, listen, we're all going to end up laying in those Ridley sleep pods, just shutting up until, you know, the glass cracks and when we all go skeletal. Yeah. Because uh, we can't say anything anymore. But Nick's moved to Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia, as yeah. Christian said. Oh, I'll be intrigued to. Uh, and he, he just did a new special that he's put up on YouTube. And I was like, oh, okay. So is it one of those deals where you have to pay for it? No, it's, it's the whole special is up on YouTube for free. So. Not quite sure what that business model what is. What is the percentage of that doing that? I, I I think maybe he's doing it to promote his show, which you pay for like three days a week. So well, I think, the last time yeah. we talked to him, he had stumbled onto a young wonderkind who was really uh, knew how to promote him in that. Right, yeah. he was doing great guns. So I, I can't wait to hear the Elon, and I don't mean Musk. <laughs> yeah, I used to wear something called Hovan Musk, and. Uh, I, something about it rendered my car incapable of starting. Uh, that's my classic Elon Musk joke. Anytime I hear the name Elon Musk, I say the car won't start. But the cars do start, right? There, I saw footage of one that just completely caught on fire. Wow. In like the Beverly Center. And I thought <laughs> it, it, it reeked of corporate espionage, right? I mean, yeah. really? Can these cars just light on fire? I mean, I, I've heard that. I think it's uh, maybe if you leave the battery plugged in for too long, you know, you overcharge it. Mm -hmm. Let me let me ask you this, Christian. Um, and I see these are the questions that I know if I was on with the wrong person, like Seth Myers or something, you know, they're super studied and super wonky and they look for a slip up and then they jump on you. And I, you know, I think Seth likes me. I like him. Yeah. But, you know, they'll take your throat out in a second as a stupid conservative. If. Uh, let me get this straight. Hybrid cars, Teslas and such, mm -hmm. they all run on electricity to some extent, right? Yes. Um, elect not hybrids. I guess they're half and half, but there's an electrical component to a lot of these cars. Um, due to the fact that ever since Three Mile Island, which I 
believe I just saw this morning is going to shut down soon because it couldn't get some tax breaks or something. So, oh, man. I wanted to yeah. take my kids there this summer. Well, I'm sure the people in the neighborhood, when they hear their, the, the local technicians are shutting down Three Mile <laughs> Island, they're thinking, oh, good, what could go wrong there? They, they, <laughs> they've exhibited uh, certain alacrity of skills here. For, yeah. Uh, so hey, they're been... they're deliberately exposing the core. That's that's when you think, oh, that's that pyromaniac kid in the volunteer fire department. They're going to light a backfire. That's always good. Hey, they've had a good last forty years, Dennis. Come yeah. on, they've been they've done all right. But the American uh, Nuclear Power Association, to make up a to make up a superhero organization, uh, has not. I think that movie's effectively shut it down to a large degree. I know there's been a. Some open, I guess some of anything happens, or maybe there hasn't been a new one since then. But after the China syndrome, um, he, uh, we, we haven't really built that. So that we don't have electricity coming from that. And it always makes me shake my head because the, the, the French, the frogs are the most politically correct, or, you know, like uh, at least in an environmental sense, anybody over in that European grid is so environmentalist, but even they have gone ahead with the nuclear uh, power. I don't know where they dump it, probably in a trash can on the base floor of the Eiffel Tower. You know, I don't quite know where they're putting it. Uh, I hope I don't find out they were putting it in the, the attic at Notre Dame. But <laughs> some, somehow the French have gone ahead with nuclear power. So um, they use that for much of their electricity, I think. Yes. We don't. So let's just say, what are we making our electricity with? Everybody knows it's at least in the Northeast and up and down the East Coast, I would assume, is coal, right? Yeah. Uh, um, so all I'm saying is when people say I'm getting a electric car to save the planet, they're depending on coal at this point. When I just drive my car and I stop at the corner to get gas, I know they're going to tell I me, mean, like, you know, gas is Beelzebub's urine and all that, you know, and it's the worst thing that ever existed. But I, honest to God, if I had to say, well, what do you think puts more shit in the air? My car or uh, an electric car or at least a generator that burns coal to make that electricity? What do I think does worse? I'm not being provocative here, Arch. I'm not trying to be a wind-up artist. I, to me, burning coal seems like it would be even worse than gas. And if they say that, immediately you get, they're so fucking naive. But I'm just asking. Maybe somebody out there can send me a uh, explanation. We'll play it in the next show. Isn't coal worse than gas? What would what would your thoughts be, little guy? My, my guess is that, uh, you know, coal, it puts uh, a lot more junk in the bad, air right yeah I, I don't i don't like coal every time i see uh every time i see a movie with a coal miner in it he seems to have you know th that anti-glare smudge that you know left fielders use <laughs> all over their face yeah the, or, Bri the bryce harper look sure. yeah and then when i watch a movie about gas guys it's always duke wayne and jimmy hutton <laughs> laying on a big old honking fire with some bat shield and then they go back and get laid <laughs> so they don't have any smudge on this so what i'm saying is women love guys who've just put out fires and have made a vow to light theirs <laughs> Lindsay, um uh just as a just a little uh footnote so the last so you you uh, uh folks there's what working in tandem is christian has never sensed a bit more over than that was there mm -hmm. you hear how he slides in there yeah. 
That, it's a smart smart play because that bit was dead. It yeah. is, uh, ironically, since it was about oil fires, it had indeed burned itself <laughs> out. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out Lindsay's laugh, so it's even more awkward. It just sits there for you know a good three four seconds before I'm Let like, Hey, Dennis, this. you want to talk about something else? Let me ask you this. Uh, just see this through. When they do show films about gas fires, the way they put it out is an explosion somewhere near the pipe that blows it out, right? Or sucks all the oxygen out, and right. it goes out, and then they cap it. What sort of air comes off an explosion? And Because I remember when I was in high school, we used to have a kid. I won't say his name, but his initials were PD. And he would light farts. And they would, uh, he would get back and curl up in some sort of like a crunch position and then get a Bic lighter, light it, fart, and it looked like, uh, you know, uh, the girl in Flashdance working on a girder or something. Uh, but, uh, and I mean in the fact that she was a welder, I think, if I'm not mistaken, when she wasn't dancing her kegs off to get into the academy. But um, what, why? Does one explosion of gas put a fire out and one uh, encourages it? Well, because there are different kinds of gas. All right. And that's the question. That's the answer I was looking for. And that solves that whole riddle. Could any Christians won the home game. Has anyone ever tried to design a car that runs on farts? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> you are a little genius. <laughs> Because I can see you putting some sort of a miracle hose joint on the seat, bringing it up through some little ass gasket mm -hmm. or a gasket, mm -hmm. and <laughs> you you uh, pipe on right, mm -hmm. and then just do one quarter turn to the right. You know some of those things hook, and uh, then you just sit there after you've had let's say a frioli for lunch, mm -hmm. sure, and you break the Bonneville World Flat Speed record which I believe was held in succession by, let me see, I go way back to Art Orphans in The Green Monster. Mm, Gary Goblick beat him. And then uh, eventually uh, Craig Breedlove in The Spirit of America. And they all ran on farts, and I think we all knew that. And that was a time of yore when people didn't mind. And then eventually people came along who lived near the Bonneville Salt Platts and said they complained about the noise just like the Concorde, there was the big boom. And then they began to bring in drivers who, uh, their expertise was SBDs. SBD, <laughs> it's the racer's edge. All right, what else is up in the world? I'm just breaking, breaking adhesions here, getting the, loose. Two well, shows today. We'll it, pretend it, that they're shot on separate days. Yeah. You'll fall for it because I don't want to break anybody's heart that I might have to do two of these because I've got a fucking life. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that this segment is actually brought to you by SBDs. SBDs were everywhere you want to be. So Andy Granatelli was a good dear friend of mine, and uh, I used to go to parties towards the end of his life up here in Santa Barbara, and he had a uh, one of those wheelchairs or you know scooter store chairs, sure. and he had little uh, like pipes on it you know <laughs> and you know he made it out like a, a race car sweet cat oh he used to make me laugh <laughs> christy tell me about putting shows on at the chicago stadium or some football field in chicago it seems like it was even maybe before sold what's their soldiers field? yeah soldier field 
Is it possible that this went before that? Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, 90,000 people would come to these these uh, dirt track races. You can wow. imagine. I said, Andy, what? You must have pocketed, you know, but you forget people were going to things then for like, uh, even though we live in the United States, they'd, uh, you know, they'd be charged pence at the door to get in. And you'd have to dig in your pocket and pull out three white-haired vice presidents that look like Grace <laughs> Magnum. It is very dashing. Um, oh, I, I'm pretty you know, sure I, I have think... to take that back. Remember, we're not allowed to say anything nice about Mike Pence. My apologies. Yeah, I think Biden backed off that. Right? He did. He said, uh, that's all Biden's whole thing, though, is he said certain people were decent and now they're assholes yeah. and certain people were assholes and now they're decent. But can it's I grab the, your tits? Uh, it's like the seduction of Joe Tynan, <laughs> which is a great Alan Alda movie. It's the seduction of uh, Joe Biden. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I know he's 34 points up on Bernie. I think that's less of a comment on biden that it is bernie I, I think it's a suicide run to get bernie in there talking about socialism and i think they're so devastated now about um trump and i i do think they sense in the back of their head and they're not going to get him now in the first term they, they've spent the first two years he's going to serve for i'd have to say even if you ask the most right-minded or the, the most left-minded people over there do they think Trump has a chance in the next election. I, I think they'd have to say, man, they probably wouldn't cop to it because they don't want to give him any turf. But I, th I think Donald Trump has a better chance than anybody else I see right now. Um, just because he's got some track record here. And uh, listen, I, I see chinks in Trump's armor now. Um, I, I think he's not doing a great job on the border, at least for me. I don't think he's delivered on that uh, thing. And no, I don't hate Mexican people. You can stop all that stuff. Have those conversations in your head. Don't bring them out here in the light of day. I like order. I like uh, some sort of codified plan. If we had a border that let in as many people who came in here illegally now, I'd be fine with it. If we had a system, if we were checking if we uh, had some sort of uh, approach to this, but it's just too scattershot. Now, I wouldn't like this uh, at, the, at the hedgerow in my backyard. I wouldn't like this much chaos. So certainly at the border of my country, for God's sakes, I, I would like to have something a little tighter. As I've said before, if you want to have a liaison with a coworker in the middle of the afternoon on an extended lunch break and you go to a day's in, they asked you to scroll some sort of cuneiform on the desk blotter. Of course, you should have to sign in at our southern border when you come here. This is the greatest country in the world. So everybody wants to come here. You don't see people queuing up outside Yemen. Anybody want to go to Yemen? Anybody want to get over there and get a timeshare deal? Of course not. They come here. So we've got to get our system together. And if our system is together and we let a lot of people in, Fine with me, as long as we know what's up, as long as they check boxes, as long as they go to court hearings they have, as long as they uh, do the same sort of process to become naturalized that people do now. And it's not that easy. My wife's a naturalized citizen, and I remember her studying took us off. So, you know, to boil it all down and say you dislike Mexicans, it's such bullshit. Jesus, they're so... I can't believe that anybody's still over on that side throwing those bullshit bombs whereas, whereas sane people over there aren't saying oh for god's sakes we've got to start dialing this in this 
everybody on the right cannot be a just <laughs> say what you will. It's too frustrating. I, I like I said to think this election's fifty fifty right now boggles my mind. Well, what does Trump have to do uh, except for me now? Two things. I, he hasn't stepped up on the border to the extent that he did. So I, I need two things. I need him to do that. I don't think that's going to happen. I need him to keep his candor up and come out and say, I didn't get this done. I'm trying. I got a little beat up here. I'm a little depressed about it. I'm a little frustrated about it. Uh, I haven't delivered on this one. You give me the next four, I'll keep plugging. But right now I'm just gathering my... Uh, Taking a breath, I've had these uh, Donald Segretti rat fucks on my tail for two years trying to get rid of me, and I haven't I haven't completed this one. I've done a lot of the other things I said, but I haven't nailed this one. I'm not, you know, I'm an imperfect man. So if he was candid like that, once again, I think that would reinvigorate uh, the juice on Donald Trump. But uh, it's not. He's going to bluff it through. But it, it's it's not going well there. So I, you know, if I'm to be fair and to be honest. Uh, you know, and I don't like politicians to begin with. He's getting a little politician-y about the border. So that one falls short for me. Um, so there. I mean, people always say, oh, God, you're so blind about Trump. Uh, you know, n not just me. Anybody who, you know, uh, sings any of Trump's praises is so blind. about. No, some of the stuff's great. Really. Some of the, some of the economic stuff's great. I, I like him taking the fact that it's great right now and bracing China a little. I don't know if he's there for another two years, six years, if he ever even gets a deal. But I do like the fact somebody finally stood up to him. And I do think it'll lead to a deal somewhere down the road for somebody. And I do think we couldn't continue to go down that road with, uh, you know, with China. Uh, North Korea, I don't know. Looks like the uh, hawks in the military there have uh, got into Zulu as Kono 50s head. And he's starting to fuck around again. And I, I think Trump should have one last talk with him and say, listen, remember what I told you. And if not, I think Trump will end him, kill him. I think he'll drop a bomb on him if the guy continues. And I don't mean, I mean, if he starts putting missiles over Japan again, at any moment, one of those could destruct. It's not like you're dealing with Werner von Braun over there. And uh, come down on Japan, and that starts a, a world war. I don't think that could happen. And, uh, you know, I, I think the kid might have to get croaked. Let's see. Uh, we're going to have Nick DiPaolo in around 13, uh, 12 minutes and 51, 50, 40 um, seconds. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes... I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've used any of the excuses I just said or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2017, more than 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 51% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and use ride-sharing services, too. Cops are on the lookout. They're writing tickets, so why take the risk? In 2017 alone, seatbelts saved nearly 15,000 lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. 
Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. And Christian, I'll defer to you. What do you want to do with the rest well, of the uh, 12 till Nikki there's, gets There's uh, obviously so much in the news to talk about, and I think we need to address the most important thing. Uh, we've gotten some voicemails about your Irish accent uh, from a <laughs> recent show. So uh, let's start off with uh, voicemail number oh, one, oh, Brian from Alaska. Oh, hello there, Dent. You've got a fine, fine podcast there. We just got to work on your Irish brogue. Come down to my office. I'll be Jeffrey Rush to your Colin first in the King's speech. <laughs> and we'll get you all straightened out. We can get you at least as possible as Dick Van Dyke's Cockney and Mary Poppins, at least. <laughs> Until then, peace be with you, my boy. Um, he had a great one. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm looking for. I don't know if that's authentic, but it's, you know, very, that's all I'm looking for is the Lucky Charms thing. Yeah. And he was great at it. By the way, how hip are the credits for the Van Dyke show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That uh, they would change them halfway through to go from him tripping over the ottoman to dodging the ottoman. Did, did, did you know that? I did, yes. Yeah, that's such a cool thing that they thought about doing that. It just, to me, it says everything. And they did the little twinkle toes music right when it got to it instead of the... <laughs> it got to the... And he, uh, he, uh, Fred Astaire to add that. I think that's such a good, and by the way, how, how, how hot was young Mary Tyler Moore? Uh, I don't know, 10 out of 10. I, mean, very I think, hot. I think that his, the secretary in Mr. Lucky, uh, there was some TV detective show, or it was either Peter Gunn or Mr. Lucky. Peter Gunn, by the way, Henry Mancini, one of his best work. Oh Yeah. But this might have been Mr. Lucky. They would always have a secretary with her legs crossed taking dictation. And uh, you, uh, those were Mary Tyler Moore's stems. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you never saw her face. This was work beforehand. I think she told me once that she built a co-op in New York. And the co-op board made her wanted her to put a handicapped bathroom in. And she said, but I'm not handicapped. I'm putting so much money into this. He said, well, the next person who owns it might be. And she said, oh, I can't build the loo for the next person. And she had to put the money in escrow. Mm. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to build a, uh, you know, some sort of theoretical uh, deuce chamber down the road. <laughs> Weren't you in an improv troupe <laughs> called Theoretical Deuce Chamber? Chris? You know, actually, you're, you're right for the most part, but Theoretical Deuce Chamber was my high school band. And uh, no, no, that was you're saying douche. I'm talking about deuce. Oh, douche, yeah. yeah, of course, you were in your high school band, you were a douche. <laughs> I, I said very specifically, deuce chamber. Oh, yeah, no, that was the improv group. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay. I'm sorry, it's, yeah, it's so hard to all clouds together into one big uh, Dennis. When you've had a storied career like <laughs> I have. Oh. It's so hard to. Why are you laughing so hard? Lindsay? You don't have to tell me. How many shows have I had shot out from under me? I'm like Ken Berry in F Troop. <laughs> it is balloon. <laughs> uh, we have uh, some more calls about accents. Uh, voice. Why did you? Why did you go into not thing? Well, yeah, that always happens. You get there's some sort of term for that in the Henry Higgins profession. Glocko, glottoral. But, but something happens where you start shooting everything through your flab. Oh, it's uh, it's just because I'm tightening a belt around my neck while I masturbate. <laughs> oh 
<laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but that's funny. I know it's verboten now. You remember that old Feldo joke? That's the best joke where he said I had to get a choke collar for my dog. He doesn't even bark, but I wanted to heighten his orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was another joke i think Feldo said wrote for the show and i said hbo i said hey, i can't do that it's like, <laughs> and it's like you've hired uh einstein and it, you know he it gives you the e equals mc squared thing your karma's damned if you take it no no you keep that for yourself he didn't even bark i just wanted to heighten his <laughs> orgasm <laughs> That's that same rhythm on that great joke. The kid who ended up writing, uh, he ended up writing Judd's show for young people. Remember he had a comedy or sitcom? Uh, Judd Apatow had a sitcom? Oh, yeah. It was uh, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah. And one of the guys, uh, I forget his name, but he used to do comedy. He was such a sweet guy. But uh, you could see maybe he wasn't avaricious enough to get through and stand up, but he was just a great writer. I, I know he had par profit participation on that, so I'm always happy because he was a brilliant guy and a sweet guy, but he used to do that great joke about... Uh, he did two jokes that just used to... They had to sedate me. Every time I'd hear them, they were just so perfectly crafted that I would go into the room. Uh, I remember Barry Diamond used to do that. There was like five jokes that just you had to go see because they were so pristine when you put the jeweler's loop on them. Barry Diamond said, I'm dating a new woman. I love her very much. I would give her anything except the money that I owe her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just per it's a perfect joke. But this joke was him saying, uh, I'm new to L.A. I just joined A.A., I don't even drink. I just needed stage time, which is uh, <laughs> such a funny joke. And he's, I was coming up from LAX, and there was a motorcycle with a siren and a spitting red light in my rear view. I just kept going. I got all the way up to Hollywood. I stopped at a red light. The guy pulled me over and said, uh, well, didn't you see me? And he said, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I thought you were a theme homosexual. <laughs> Could you even say that today? No. I think it's a great joke. It is a great joke. I don't know. You know, YMCA, all that stuff where everybody dressed up as a, a gay archetype. Yeah. Uh, a theme of homosexual just killed me. We're awaiting Nick DiPaolo. Yeah. And in the interim, we have a few minutes. Christian was... Uh, he was playing me some emails or feed me a story, Christian. Well, I, I've, I've said my piece here. Yeah, I want to. I want to get to more of these uh, accent calls. We have another one from uh, Reg right, for, the, for the uninitiated. And there's some people who are just jumping on the Dennis Miller carousel right now. This is and, the time uh, to get on. By the way, yeah. Just let me. <laughs> just let me warn you. No brass ring. <laughs> no brass ring to be had here. So don't lean off off the Palomino too far. Um. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing makes Christian laugh harder. This is when I know we're true brothers than when I debase myself and my current career plight. That's all I've got um, is to hang on to your coattails, so I'm laughing even harder. <laughs> I got nothing else. I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> that Zach Miracle Whip. Or Mayo, sorry. The great uh, Richard. <sighs> You take go, you go, girl. <laughs> That's what I'm always hoping is Richard Giro come in in his dress whites and swoop me up out of this, this 
Oh, he will. Podcast. He will. Don't worry. It'll it'll happen. You take me up where we broadcast. What <laughs> <laughs> um, accent calls? Yes, let's get to uh, Reg from Atlanta. Let me. Let me Reg from Atlanta. Yes, really? we've, we've gotten what a call from guy? Reg. From, Gigolo? Uh, we have. We have gotten a call from this person before. I know. Every time I hear this name, I imagine him walking around with Ratso Rizzo right. down on Peachtree Street meeting. Kids are just in the town at the local Okie Dog. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to say I think it's really hard to develop accents from places like Ireland unless you get exposed to, you know, maybe an interview with Bono at the at the right age. Or perhaps watching John Cleese be Scottish in the Monty Python Holy Grail scene with the bunny rabbit. Of course, Monty Python were mostly educated upper-class Englishmen, so when they told timely Mother's Day jokes like, what did Oedipus get his mother for Mother's Day? They could, uh, you know, tell the punchline, which happens to be a pearl necklace, in a more working-class accent, which really just leaves Christian and Lindsay to shake their heads and nothing short of dismay. Wow, he ran through the whole... Yeah. The whole rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Ga- I almost bailed on the call when he used uh, Exposed and Bono back to Yeah, back. I thought that was going to uh, go somewhere else. Yeah. But uh, I think that was a whole sort of uh, David Attenborough tour of the British Isles right there. <laughs> and do you know there were Romans in the British Isles? Uh, I don't think I knew that. I no. should you not. It wasn't always English, evidently. I'm telling you, if you go through London, occasionally you'll come upon something, uh, you know, some shitty piece of stone or something, and they'll they'll say that's the Romans. Like, what are you kidding me? The Romans were here? Is that possible? Can you look that up, Christian? Sure, the Romans. I know, I know. I'm I'm giving a master class in history here, but why would Romans <laughs> uh, be in London? I'll tell you why. Because there are people who have erection problems there too, <laughs> and you're afraid. Look at me cross-segmenting, referencing our advertisers, Roman. Yeah, the uh, so Roman Britain was the area of great of the island of Great Britain that was governed by the Roman Empire between forty three and four ten A.D. Forty three. Can you imagine the time they saved filling out envelopes? Oh my God! Yeah, Just forty three. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Those were simpler times, folks. That's why they had time to conquer. I've got to sit there and write two thousand and nineteen. In, in those few minutes, if I had a broadsword, I could take over a whole group of serfs. And uh, <laughs> was serfs then, too? Listen, history, much like China and Japan, one big place to me. History, one big mud <laughs> sword taken over a village with different sort of roofing material. That's all <laughs> it is to me. History, the thing you call history. That's what I call it. Uh, before we get to Nick DiPaolo, I wanted to get our Nick final and no, I'll get our final voicemail. Uh, Paul from Liverpool. This is uh, number three. Wait a second. Hey, Dennis. This is Paul McCartney here, calling from Liverpool. Listen, I was talking to George Mann the other day, and he said, "Hey, that Dennis Miller. He has a podcast now." So I looked you up. It's brilliant. Yesterday, Dennis Miller seemed so far away. Now it looks as though he's here to stay. The Dennis Miller option is here to stay. I don't think he talked to George Martin. It was a little too for Paul. Yeah. Wasn't it? I thought it was the guy from the infomercial commercial. where he could, <laughs> The OxyClean you know, guy? Yeah, OxyClean guy. <laughs> yeah, That's well. what it sounded like to me. Um, I talked to, by the way, I'm on TCM. I'm taping next week. 
And uh, we're doing, four of my friends and I over the course of a month are going to introduce some of our favorite films together. Uh, the four separate hosts will be my friend Rita Wilson, um, Marty Short, Dana Carvey, and uh, lastly, we have Jay Leno. And I was talking to Dana yesterday. He was driving down from up north, and he always calls me. We have long talks while he's on the road. And uh, he told me, and he gave me little snippets. He, one of the films he's introducing is A Hard Day's Night. And as unbelievable, uh, talented Carvey is, he told me he's now isolated all four Beatle voices, and he's going to have a roundtable discussion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, listen, I, I Paul and John... I've heard him do, and it's great. George is a bit tricky, and uh, Ringo, not not as tricky. I can hear Ringo in my head, but um, it's tough to. He said, "He's I've got something I think you'll like," and he's got a four way chat with the Beatles. So, can't wait to watch that. Highly anticipating uh, the great Dana Carvey, and I'm telling you, there is a scene. And I'm going to try to go back and watch it tonight. They've sent me a download of that film. When they first go on the train car, and I can't quite figure out why John's doing this, because it seems to me it's a can of Pepsi and not Coke. But that's why I have to watch again to see if it is Coke. Where John is uh, in hijinks mode in the train car when they're sitting with Paul's grandfather, who's the king mixer. And uh, by the way, as I did my research for this, I found out that later Paul's grandfather shows up at the studios for the taping of the show in A Hard Day's Night. And he's with a buxom young lady who turns out to be the same actress who played Dink, who was giving 007 a rub down in the pool area, the Fountain Below Hotel, when Felix Leiter comes to visit him and tells him about Goldfinger. And Sean Connery puts like the gayest little plush one piece jumpsuit on or something with shorts and it hits her on the rump. He said, go ahead, go away now, Dick. Boys have to talk. So <laughs> that's the sort of research I'm doing this. And that's the sort of research, quite frankly, that has brought my career to a dead Mr. Freeze halt. But uh, we'll be uh, introducing a bunch of films over the next month. And Christian's reticence tells me that maybe Nick's around. I, I think uh, the phone has just rang and I hope it is indeed Nick DiPaolo there on the line. Yeah. Nick Dip? Nope. Uh -oh. Can you hear me? Yeah. You got to call his cell phone. This is Nick Dip's wife. You're calling the house. Oh, in New no. York. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we'll have to edit this part out. Uh, what's no, the... no, leave this in. This is no, I need, to I need to call this... you guys. I need the cell phone number, I guess. Sorry about that. That's okay. Look at this. This, uh, can... this is so inside. Yeah. This is great. Oh, That's but sh I, don't, I don't have his cell phone number is the part that she missed there. Yeah, well, you know, anytime, let me say this, anytime Nick's married in New York and in his uh, pre-interview notes, it says he's moved to Atlanta, the wife might be loath to stay on the phone and give you his new phone call. I'm just reading between the lines. I'm you, not a, I'm not a you counselor. You think you're, you're inferring a little something there? I, yeah. I'm not a culture, you know, but anytime the, uh, the wife stays in the capital of the North during the Civil War, and the husband moves to the capital of the South during the Civil War, and she hangs up when you're asking for the cell phone. I don't know. <laughs> Just let me read the tea leaves there. I don't know. I, uh, I, I don't know if it's exactly <laughs> no, I, I, Woodrow Wilson. I, I, I think it's all, it seems to me like it's all going great, you know? 
So we don't have a number on Nick, so we'll, we'll just have it. to dab a little. Yeah, How are you going to get it? Not well, the way, Lindsay's, Lindsay's uh, stepped out of the studio to uh, make that call. You know, so. It's like noise is off with her. It's like we're doing a, a farce or something. She's out the door, door slamming, in the door, out the door. So um, we're awaiting Nick, and in the interim, we'll continue to take some phone calls. Like, Christian, you can feed me news stories. Yeah, let me feed you, you news stories. a few news stories. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Uber drivers... Uh, let me look at my screen. They protest outside company headquarters, of uh, uh, head of IPO. And all I can tell you, folks, if you have never seen a, a, a accumulation of Uber drivers on a sidewalk in New York, you'll never leave your house again because this is a... Uh, this is an interesting crew here. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> These are the drivers. I mean, you're always seeing the back of their head, and I think they make the back of their head look sane. But um, I'm, I'm getting them full frontal now, and... If these are the cats driving you, there's a little possible trouble here. And by the way, I continue to set up my app where you can catch a ride in a pickup truck in small rural towns across America. Look for Goober. We're going to try to roll that out in uh, October of this year. Uh, so uh, in terms of, uh, some, of the, some of the headlines. Hey, Nick's gone to us. Nick's it, gone to us. He's having some sort of marital <laughs> schism. We're in the middle of it. I know. No, here's here's the approach we take in radio, folks, or podcasting, or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a bedroom of community yeah. radio. It's the Sausalito <laughs> of radio. <laughs> um, we don't try to get Nick's new number. No, no, no. Our effort to get them back together as a couple. Yeah. So the old number we have continues to work for Nick because we like to see couples stay together. But uh, when when I first read, it put my heart up in my throat that Nick had moved to Atlanta. So to hear her, uh, this is Nick's wife in New York, uh, I don't know, a little sad for me. I should have asked her if she had a new special. That would have uh, would have been the polite <laughs> thing to do. You know? Well, I guarantee you she'd be uh, charging Nick half <laughs> of, the, of the, public, the broadcast rights. Uh, you know when I think she left Nick? <laughs> This is when he said, honey, that special I shot, I'm putting up on YouTube for free. <laughs> she said, you'll talk to my lawyer in the morning. Well, then what, he doesn't have anything to give her half of if uh, he puts it up on YouTube for nah, free. Maybe they're together. Maybe it's better. I mean, some people like to communicate. Yeah, I've known people that, that you know, stay Long married while they live distance. in different places. I don't. Well, what is the possible fix on the... Uh, the high school shootings question. I, you know, I, I'm going to be serious here for a second. And I know people don't like to hear say prayers. I'm going to say mine. I, I'll, I'll start keeping that to myself. But uh, I would like to maybe, we gotta, you know, we, we vary what we try to do on the show, Christian. Why don't we try to get John Lott? Sure. And then try to get a gun, a new gun law person and have a serious thing one day because this is this is obviously a devastation. I mean, this this is just happening so frequently. I don't know the fix. I have some thoughts on it. I have some thoughts on the causes, but I don't know that we saddle poor Nick with that. But uh, yeah. we we think our thoughts and prayers with the victims, and I know that draws the ire of some people. I'm sorry. I feel as helpless as anybody, and that's all I can say right now. And I mean it sincerely. But Christian, let's try to skip yeah. to a more serious uh, thing down the road. Absolutely. Right now, we are joined by a uh, well, a dear friend of mine, and uh, always been a sweet cat. You know, I think his comic perspective is about as akin to mine, and that's what you look for in a comedian, as anybody I see. 
the great Nick DiPaolo. Nick, how are you? Good. How you doing, Dennis? I'm not saying that you're, uh, you're I'm saying that wh- who makes me laugh is you. So I put that in an awkward way. I know I'm nobody to aspire to, but your perspective reminds Baloney. me of mine. Rat-a-tat-tat, it kills me. Baloney. Nick's website, nickdip.com, where you can find the Nick DiPaolo Show and his newest special is A Breath of Fresh Air. The last time I talked to you, you had stumbled onto some some young genius who was uh, you were working hand in glove with and you were you had excitement in your voice are you still with that cat and how's things going it's been an interesting 48 hours or 72 i dropped the special uh monday at noontime last time i checked it was up to like 130,000 views on youtube um I was trending number one in New York City on Twitter last night. Ah, Nick, I'm so happy for you. I'm sure that was mostly hate, but uh, <laughs> that's not the point, is it? <laughs> Listen, um, so, yeah. hate, hate is love, only better. <laughs> <laughs> My wife can tell him to get in bed forever. <laughs> you, know, you know what I always say, Nick, is that uh, I, you know people usually get on Twitter and they say you're not funny, fuckhead. And I always think I might not be funny, and I never said I was, but I do have a quirky ability to get people who want me dead to actually hit a button and become my follower. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange talent, isn't it? Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, it, it's. People are just fucking furious on the left. My my album, my one hour is equivalent to like a you know a two sentence tweet by Trump. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm let me say that before we move on, and I know you're kind of selfless about this. Hundred and thirty thousand downloads on two, YouTube, good for you. And any time, it, it is true, folks. Sometimes it involves you getting uh, dermabrated when you're trending, but it's also <laughs> it's the nature of the beast, man. You're in the barrel, you're at the base of the falls, and you get kicked around for a while till you pop up next to the maid of the mist. But at least you're there. <laughs> you're in the churn, baby. So congratulations. I got a crack rib. A black guy, like a beaten wife over here. I couldn't believe the response, uh, and I, and I had controversy on top of it. If you if you if you guys looked it up, I know you haven't yet. The 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 artwork on the album is me on stage during the special, giving the finger to someone. Uh, so we took a. I, I went online, found some stock footage, some stock photos of you know pissed off uh, social justice warriors. Uh, and, and one of them, and I did not know this, was a uh, a black kid who was killed last year in New Orleans. He was a Black Lives Matter guy, and he I guess he was famous for stealing the Confederate flag at a press conference in in, in Charleston last year or something. I, but I knew none of this. So all of a sudden, some lady tweeted, "How dare you, you coward, giving the figure to a you know," and and all hell broke loose. And I you know, and I I never apologized for anything. And it was totally unintended. But I, but you know, I, I said, look, uh, um, I did not know that. I tweeted her back, and I'm working on it right now. And I, and I did. I changed it, which that is not my style normally. And even that's not good enough. Now people are going. You call yourself unapologetic to me, but you're apologizing for this. What are you, an a-hole? So if I do apologize. <laughs> It's, it, 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 I, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to move to Dublin tomorrow. I can't stand this shit. Well, but, um, I'll, I'll tell you so what. What happened that is Yahoo News picked up on it. Uh, USA Today did an article with a, with a link to my site. 
So I didn't intend it to be a great PR move, but that's what it turned into. But I, I, I didn't want to be seen giving the finger to a, even though I, I can't stand what the guy stood for. I, I was just like thinking of his family, you know. But, uh, you know, even that's not good. And they really, really believe, I'm talking about the haters now, they really think an older white guy should not be doing comedy and should shut his mouth, as I'm sure you know. Well, I will say this. Uh, due to the desultory state of our public education system, commingled with the fact that everything goes viral on social media now, I have changed the old aphorism, and I now say, as long as you spell the name wrong. So that's because uh, nobody's getting your name right. But uh, it, it is true. <laughs> if you're in the business, man, uh, you're you're going to step in it. And uh, sometimes people step in it and it's over. So to step in it and have to take the slings and arrows. And I can hear in your voice, Nick, I, I know that you, you know, it's counterproductive to do the uh, the endless apology tour, which a lot of people are out there doing. Biden has to do it now. Everybody said a nice thing about it. He has to go back and say they're creepy now to get out from under it. But I agree right. with you. you I, I, can, I know you well enough to know that you think a lot of people are thin-skinned about things, but I also know you well enough to know to hear in your voice that you buried the lead there, but the kid has surviving family members and you feel bad about it. So, But uh, all I can tell you is that it's there's no way to step in it now, man. Everything is put under the, the is a coroner's exam. Uh, there are grievance archaeologists out there going way back to unearth King Tut's tombs and find out who aggrieved him. You know what I mean? It's it's rough, but I can hear in your voice. I'll take away from this that I know my friend Nick for ages and he feels badly that that kid has uh, passed away and he has surviving family members and. He snabbed, snagged that picture, but I guess shit yeah. happens, I mean, man. Uh, Stuff they happens. They should take it up with a with a photo company who's still using his. But 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 I looked at the comments: a twenty three to one positive to negative as far as the special goes, and uh, people are thrilled with it. That are tired with the Judd Apatow slash Pete Holmes garbage that's been pushed on us the last uh, I don't know how many years. And, the twenty three um, and Me movement. That's what I would call the special. Yeah, and uh, there you go. That's a so, pretty good uh, ratio. What does that mean, by the way? Does any Christian, do you know? I'm, I shouldn't put Nick on the spot, but periodically I'll read something about me and it'll say, you've got ratioed, motherfucker. I don't even, what, is, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, uh, I, just, I, just, I looked up at the like, you know, you look at the likes under the under the viewership, uh, as opposed, which I never do. I'm only, because this album, this uh, special is causing quite a stir. Um, uh, but I looked at the thumbs up as opposed to the thumbs down. And, it, you know, it's like 23,000 to 606 dislike. What a, I did the math, and it's like it, 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 it's like 19%, I think, was this morning. Nine, I mean, uh, nine, 19 to 1 ratio of positive comments to negative. So, uh, uh, you know, people have an appetite for, for this. They are so tired of the, the PC garbage. I, it's, it's, I, you know, mm. I, I thought I was ready. I, I didn't realize how self-righteous and angry, <laughs> which is just how they see me in this special. They're going, oh, really? The uh, old white guy. And meanwhile, Dennis, I go after, I go after, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Joy, multi-millionaires, and they're trying to tell me I'm punching down. And and uh, I go after Jesse Smollett, Bill Cosby, all quality people, as you know. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I, I don't know. The only thing I would say, Nick, is at some point. People who are in our business have got to get to the point where it is not changing. It's only going to get worse. And I really think at some point 
even acknowledging it in any way is uh, in an odd way that's you're part of it at that point uh, yeah. all i can say is that's if you're in the smart ass business occasionally you're going to slip up and at that time it's time to bite the bullet and say i guess i slipped up there but i don't know if it uh, it pays well to go on because there are people out there jerking off to your apology uh, you know what i mean they're yeah. there are haters out there who would hate you on anything and just try to get you to do it and the moment you do, I, I think they think, oh, I'll double down on him in the future. I feel bad yeah. that you, you chose that picture for you because I can hear the pain in your voice. Outside of that, guess what? People are pissed at absolutely everything. They're just uh, using it as a cudgel. Where'd you film it, Nick? And when'd you film it? And you, you talked about some of the topics. And why is it up on YouTube? Did you put it up on YouTube for free? To answer those three. Like, when, where, and why? Um, um, uh, your Honorable Judge, I had no idea. Uh, I, I, I did it at Cahoes Hall, February 23rd, which is upstate New York by Albany, a real working-class town, mm -hmm. and one of the most beautiful theaters in the country. The crew that did it, it it's the best special by a mile as far as sound. Uh, they used the best cameras. My manager pitched an extra money to use the best cameras and because uh, he, you know, he 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 had fantasy, and he's a, he, he's the best thing that's happened to me. This guy, other than Trump, my manager, is just brilliant. But he wanted to use the same cameras that like Netflix uses. I go, hey, it's your it's your money. I said, I I'm not going to get on Netflix. I said, you know, I'm not I'm not a transgender with a hair lip from Calcutta. I'm not going to. Uh, Wait a second. Wait a second. You're not <laughs> Christian. Oh, who put this? <laughs> You wouldn't know it from my last headshot. But, <laughs> um, but the, yeah, so I shot it up there. They turned people away. It, it, hold, it held like uh, 450 or five. They were turning people away. Great. And uh, it was one of the best nights, and they captured it beautifully. And it's so funny because, you know, you do these jokes for a year or two, or you're working on it, and, and, and I, you know, and people are laughing in the, in, the, in the comedy clubs. And I'm not thinking I'm saying anything outrageous, but when they put it out there, it's so funny. People who... You know, uh, so they, they, they're not used to hearing a guy talk like, and I, I'm like, what am I saying that's so outrageous? But I, I try to keep my head above the noise, you know, and, and don't want to hear all this. So, but it, it's just uh, Billy Burr, Billy Burr is one of the most respected comics on the mm -hmm. planet right now. You know, he texted me and said, this is great for the stand-up world, this special. And, you know. Uh, well, listen, that's that's like some uh, compliment because he's a uh, he's a great comedian. Awesome. And I got the respect of guys like you, Colin Quinn, Norm McDonald saying great stuff about me, David Tell, Louis C.K. That's that's enough for me. You know, it's so funny <laughs> when these people come at you. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I couldn't be happy with it. I, I had a, a killer set. It's, you know, I'm vulgar at times, and, and I, I use coarse language just to remind people how people talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you know, when they watch uh, the news in a bar with 12 whiskeys in them. But uh, so, you know. It, Listen, it, 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 it's changed. Heard, yeah. Uh, everything you say is, is the very definition of comedy 25 years ago. That's why you did it. Now it's thought to be verboten. Good for you for having the balls to do it, my friend. And uh, yeah. like I said, it's a walk of fire when it first comes out because you think to yourself, <laughs> my God, this all seems to make cogent sense to me. And a lot of it's uh, humor. And I'm being castigated like I put 95 theses on a door and they're heretical. <laughs> it's not, man. It's just weird times that we live in. Now, listen, for instance, I'm, I, know, I, you, I heard you talk about Cosby. I, I can remember talking to Cosby with you 
10 years ago before all this became, well, a court record. Yes. And uh, you, you never liked Cosby, right? No, ne- never did. I mean, uh, uh, I always thought he was pompous. I never found it. I worked for Chris Rock, right? You know, nominated uh, for two Emmys writing for Chris, which proves I'm racist, I guess. And uh, he loved Cosby. He took the whole office to see Cosby, and I didn't want to go. And, you know, Rock, he said, That's hollow, yeah, fucking racist. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I wasn't a big Cosby fan, but uh, you know, my my uncle my uncle Al loved Bill Cosby, so I took him to see it in Atlantic City like twelve years ago. And uh, this is how I, I I knew Cosby was guilty of what he was charged. After the show, we went backstage. I shook his hand, and next thing I remember, I'm waking up in his hotel room on the floor wearing nothing but a <laughs> university T-shirt. Uh, hey, and he 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 showed you respect by not roofing your uncle Al. <laughs> <laughs> he, he dropped something in my yoo-hoo. I don't know what it was. <laughs> We're talking to Nick DiPaolo. NickDip.com is where you can find the Nick DiPaolo Show, D-I-P-A-O-L-O, his newest special, Breath of Fresh Air, 130,000 downloads on YouTube. Get over there. And, uh, yeah, and go to NickDip.com, yeah, Nick too, to watch it. And uh, uh, listen... I, I've heard you say something about Trump that I completely agree with. Um, I I thought Trump was a lousy host of The Apprentice, and I think he's an infinitely better president in the United States. So I can only assume that hosting The Apprentice is harder than being the president of the United States. Listen, he the the fact that you there's sure such about that, Dennis. I mean, taking a business meeting with uh, you know uh, I don't know who who's some of the washed up you know the guy that played. Uh, Gabe Cotter and uh, <laughs> who else is well, on the show? Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Geraldo Rivera. You, you, you think that would be difficult for those egos in the room? Well, it seemed a little stilted, but I, when I watch him in front of a crowd giving a, well, it's not even a stump speech. It almost seems like a Groundlings audition. I often think, wow, this guy is sprightly on his toes. Listen, I find him as oafish as some people do. I don't think everything he's done uh, is right. I mean, that's uh, it's crazy right. when people think that. I don't think he's held up his word on the border, so I don't get that part of it. Right. But for for the most part, and I don't even mean it's like fifty five forty five. I'm not going to do that hedge. I'm talking up around eighty twenty for me. I think he's doing a hell of a job. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's how I feel. I I, I mean, I, I used, he's a salesman, and he, look, he's a salesman and a CEO, a business guy. This country's a corporation. I don't care what you think. And he was the perfect guy for the job. I was a salesman. And uh, I, I, you tell people what they want to hear. I mean, when he was running for president, didn't people pick up on him? They're like, Mr. President, uh, what, are, what about your health care plans? He goes, uh, we'll be the healthiest people alive. Next question. You know, <laughs> I know. He still answers like, <laughs> when, he, when, he, when, he, when, he after, when he went after the New York Times reporter, remember the physically challenged guy that was? Yes. Uh, I was I was laying on the couch. I had half one eye open watching the, and I see Trump mocking this guy. And I go, where do I pull the lever? This guy does not give a shit. I will say that when people say, well, what has he done that's uh, bothered you? I, that made me uneasy. I, I remember thinking, oh, for God's sakes, why are you doing that? But did I think it was the end of the world like they do? N- no, it right. isn't. Human beings are Jesus. They're clumsy. Jesus. They're mean. <laughs> I, like I say about Trump, he yes, he's oafish in many regards, but I'm telling you his outer voice is his inner voice. 
and most politicians, indeed every other politician, I've seen their inner voice and outer voice have never even had a cup of coffee together. We're talking to Nick uh, DiPaolo. Nick's website is nickdip.com. Go over there and look into the special a breath of fresh air. In closing, Nick, it makes me laugh on the other side when people say, you know, you'll say, okay, you hate Trump. You get out of bed every morning. Trump's the first thing on your mind. You absolutely detest him. I went to see a speaker last week who was super funny named David Sedaris. Uh, he's, oh, yeah. uh, he's written a bunch of books. He was a clever cat. That, uh, he read excerpts. But I'm telling you, he wasn't on stage for five seconds between he and his uh his uh, interpreter for the deaf were doing a Trump, a Trump's evil joke. And I just thought, oh, for God's sakes, I can't even take a night off from that. So he's so in their kitchen and I go, well, all right, who if you don't find him to be an inspirational figure, who do you? And they say Bernie Sanders. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. I know all my friends are like, well, you got to admit he's got a lot of energy for a 77. It's funny how you, when you sleep on your parents' couch till you're 58, you can burst <laughs> I'll up. Rest up you energy. <laughs> how but, absolutely uh, rested uh, you are. The one thing the left and the right agreed on for the last 25, 30 years is, is, is it was D.C. was broken. Uh, we, we, we all agreed on that. Then you get a guy that comes in and flips over the apple cart, and they hate him for it. So fuck them. Yep, that's a, that's my exact thought. He went into the temple. The Pharisees were all playing three-card money like those fuckers outside Luchow years ago. And he said, screw this. He just flipped the whole Jenga Tower of bullshit over. That's Trump's lasting legacy is nobody will ever be able to be as full of shit as they've been in the past without blushing. So give Trump that. All right, my brother, I'm glad to hear things going good. What's what, what's the deal with Atlanta? What would you move down there? You're playing small forward for the Hawks. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with a vertical leap of uh, two inches and the same size, I'm perfect for the NBA. I, uh, no, I, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm, I'm in Georgia. Let's just leave it at that for now. Um, but, Christ uh, Almighty, I'm, you're I'm the third. So you're telling me I'm not supposed to be curious when you tell me you've moved from New York City <laughs> to the third verse in Vicki Lawrence's. That's the night the lights went out in Georgia. So. <laughs> I'm living in the house she wrote that about, by the way. I'm still waiting for the goddamn Con Ed guy. All right, my friend, Nick, at a table read for Ozark. Have a good time, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right, bye-bye. Nick to follow. <laughs> Oh man, that's the plot thickens there. Yeah, Kristen. I know. That's huh? uh, so we don't know why he's moved to where he's moved to, and uh, also the uh, putting the special up for free. I watched the special last night; it was very funny. I'll anyway. watch it tonight. Yeah. Should I ask you a few of the Nick DePaulo questions I didn't get to? Because I see a funny <laughs> one here where Nick talks about how everybody gets honored except uh, white guys. He said they named a. Uh, place that you pee on the jersey turnpike <laughs> after vince lombardi yes uh that uh instead of you know building him a great statue somewhere uh <laughs> and he goes into some of the uh lurid activities that would happen at a rest stop on the new jersey turnpike like i said folks one of the great ironies of all time is george michael eventually arrested in california um in a bathroom exposing himself i believe to a cop uh and it it was in will rogers State Park. And Will Rogers, who said, I never met a man I didn't like. So I don't know if there's any, I don't know if George sought that out in some plea for help. But uh, um, is George Michael's dad? Oh, yeah, I saw a documentary about yeah. it. He's, uh, 
He's uh, dead and still making more money than Andrew Ridgely. But I got to rock now, folks. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.